0: You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Victory Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills defeated the New England Patriots 33 21 and improved to 9 6 on the season, and most importantly, took back control of the AFC East. They are back in first place. And I'll tell you what, the last eight and a half quarters from this team has been their best football of the season. The Bills are playing their best football at the right time, and in fact, It is not a bad time to be a Buffalo Bills fan. And if you don't know that reference, then you didn't listen to the Friday podcast. Welcome to today's podcast. We're going to do our typical game recap show. We'll kick it off with things I liked in the first segment. Segment two will be things I didn't like. And then we'll close out the podcast with a look back at my predictions, a roundup in terms of where the Bills are at within the AFC East, And then I have a bunch of nuggets to share with you, ton of really cool information that has come out from this Bills win. So let's start with things I liked, and I want to begin with, this team overcame a lot of adversity this week. COVID issues galore, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, two wide receivers, two of your top four receivers, maybe your top three, John Feliciano, Cody Ford. They're on the COVID list. A.J. Epinesa, COVID. Two coaches, your D-line coach and Eric Washington, special teams coordinator Heath Farwell. Ike Bakker got injured early in the game to make your guard situation even crazier with Feliciano and Ford out. Star Latule is out with a personal matter. You're on the road in New England. The division is on the line the fallout of the Monday night football loss against the Patriots just a few weeks ago weighed heavily. Sean McDermott's questioned. Brian Dables questioned. The run defense is questioned. The whole Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer thing. The Bills had tons of Pro Bowl snubs. The world was ready to assume the evil empire that is the New England Patriots was back on top of the AFC East after just a one-year absence. And the Bills found a way. I think it was probably the best game the Bills played all season in terms of offense, defense, special teams, and coaching. The leadership of this football team showed up on Sunday afternoon. Sean McDermott was aggressive, and his team responded wonderfully. So the first thing that I liked is what this team overcame to be back on top of the AFC East especially this week. Now let's move on to Josh Allen. I tweeted out after the game, he's that dude. A legitimate argument to be the best player in the NFL right now. If you're starting a franchise, who are you picking over Josh Allen? Who? He executed masterfully behind an offensive line that was pieced together and then had to be flipped upside down After Ike Bakker got injured and you had to completely shift the unit that you practiced all week with and anticipated playing behind. You're without Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis. You're on the road. It's the eighth time he's faced Bill Belichick. Let that sink in. Eighth time he's faced Bill Belichick and Josh Allen absolutely got the best of Bill Belichick. This is a very common opponent, and Josh Allen keeps answering the tests that Bill Belichick gives him. This was one of my favorite games I've ever seen Josh Allen play. The stats, they're wonderful. 30 of 47, 314 yards, three passing touchdowns, did not turn over the ball, a passer rating of 104.4, oh, by the way, 12 rushes for 64 yards. He accounted for 88% of the team's offense, and he played extremely well. He was patient. He played smart. The Patriots played coverage. They didn't think he would be willing to be patient, and Josh Allen did a great job of taking his free access and made big throws when he needed to and picked his spots wisely as a runner. 30 completions in this football game, seven to running backs, Josh Allen was masterful. I love this quote from Devin McCourty, one of the Patriots' safeties after the game. He said, quote, Josh Allen did a great job of whatever the defense was, just taking what was there, not trying to force any plays. If everyone was covered downfield, he checked it down. When we got in different coverages where it was open downfield, he took it. He played a really controlled game of taking what the defense was giving in certain situations. Great game for seventeen, not a bad day at all for the Pro Bowl alternate. How about Isaiah McKenzie? He was unbelievable. Made tough catches. He went up and got the football. Came away with eleven catches on twelve targets, 125 yards and a touchdown. This man is five foot seven, 173 pounds. And he played well above his weight class today. The Bills offense needed someone to step up. And Isaiah McKenzie more than delivered. And it really speaks to his chemistry with Josh Allen. You don't have that type of game under those circumstances against that defense without having a great relationship and great rapport with the quarterback. Isaiah McKenzie earned every single one Of those 125 yards. I mean this guy was a healthy scratch on Thanksgiving. And came through in the biggest moment of the season. How about the offensive line? Wow, right? Wow. Josh Allen wasn't sacked. He was hit four times in 47 passing attempts. There was space to work with in the run game. And they started this game off with Spencer Brown at left tackle, Ike Bacher at left guard, Mitch Morse at center, Ryan Bates at right guard, and Daryl Williams at right tackle. In an instant, when Ike Bacher got injured, four spots were completely different. Dawkins to left tackle, Bates to left guard, Morse stays at center, Daryl Williams to right guard, and Spencer Brown to right tackle. That's crazy. You changed four spots and didn't miss a beat. Tons of credit to go around there. Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach, Ryan Bates. How about Ryan Bates? All week long, all year long, that's what we've heard. Ryan Bates, why is he on the team? Never really actually plays. Oh, good, he can play all the positions, but he never plays. And there's been a need for offensive linemen to step up and claim roles with all the injuries and COVID problems the Bills have had with the offensive line. And everyone's been wondering, what's up with Ryan Bates? He's been on the team for a couple of years. He should be able to help them. Well, he did today and had to switch between left and right guard. How about Deion Dawkins? What a game from him. He winds up getting activated on Saturday, from the COVID reserve list, and then he didn't start. Evidently, the Bills probably felt comfortable with the week of practice that the five guys had and didn't want to just toss Dawkins out there. Ike Bakker goes down. The issue is forced, and Deion Dawkins comes in and plays great. He played great. And then Darrell Williams and Spencer Brown just having to switch completely the position they were playing mid-game. Didn't miss a beat. They handled a really, really good Patriots pass-rushing front. How about wide receiver one, Stephon Diggs? He battled, right? You could tell. He was working through some injuries. Came through with seven catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Some big-time clutch plays. Big-time plays. In clutch situations, I mean, Diggs delivered. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie delivered. Stephon Diggs delivered. And you know there's a lot of attention on Diggs. The Patriots knew it, right? This team's without Gabe Davis. They're without Cole Beasley. Emmanuel Sanders is back, but you know, how much can he really be effective after missing a game, coming back quickly from a knee injury? You knew the Bills were going to throw it to Stephon Diggs. The Patriots knew that. Delivered with some big-time catches. I just love this offense today in general. Now, there's things I didn't like. We'll talk about that in the next segment. But I thought Brian Dable just had a great game plan. He called a great game. He built in answers for Josh Allen, and Josh Allen took them. You saw plenty of under center snaps. You saw the play action worked in effectively. The run game was complimentary. You saw yards after catch. How cool was that, right? You guys have heard me talk about that all year long and last year, too. Not a lot of yards after catch for this offense, but because Josh Allen was willing to play patient, willing to check the ball down against zone coverage where they were really dropping a ton of guys, you saw yards after catch, and the Bills' weapons went out there and competed after the catch. Dawson Knox had a massive touchdown catch to put the Bills ahead two scores late in the game, and he was also a big part of the game in pass protection. Another strong performance from Devin Singletary, 17 touches, 78 yards and a touchdown. The Bills running backs delivered pretty well in this game, 111 total yards on 22 touches with a touchdown from the Bills running backs in this game. That's good running back production for this offense. 33 points scored. The Patriots only allowed 16.2 points per game entering this contest. The Bills doubled them up at home. 28 first downs for the Bills offense, 20 of them passing. 428 total yards. The Patriots allowed 308 yards per game entering this contest. The Bills go 120 yards above the average against New England this year. This one's crazy. 314 passing yards. The Patriots only allowed... 185 passing yards per game entering the contest. And the Bills did it without two of their top receivers and a reworked offensive line that was reworked again during the game. Average 5.7 yards per play. Josh Allen wasn't sacked. The Bills were 50% on third down, three of four on fourth down, had the ball for 35 minutes and didn't punt. Every drive that the Bills offense had in this game went to the red zone except for two. The end of half drive and the kneel downs at the end of the game. So anytime that the Bills offense was actually trying to move the ball, they went to the red zone. Seven trips. Just a masterful job by this offense on the road against a really outstanding defense. Again, not counting those two end of half possessions, right? The kneel downs at the end of the game, and the very limited clock available before the half, the Bills offense had drives of 13, 10, 7, 7, 14, 9, and 13 plays, with five of those seven drives spanning 60 yards or more. That's great offense on the road against a really good defense defense. That's coached by the greatest defensive mind in the history of the game. Josh Allen's eighth time going up against Bill Belichick. And guess what? Bill Belichick can't figure him out. How about the Bills' pass defense? Mac Jones, 14 of 32. 14 of 32. 145 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions, and a passer rating of 31 I saw a great tweet from Sal Capaccio after the game which stated that it's only the second time this season that a quarterback completed 14 or less passes on 32 or more attempts. The other Trevor Lawrence in week two against the Broncos who was 14 of 33. Great job by Dane Jackson. Great job by Levi Wallace, Taron Johnson, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. Those guys played great. An outstanding day for this Bills secondary. Again, without Tredavious White, Dane Jackson just continues to play serviceably in the absence of Trey White. I know that the defense only produced one sack, but I thought the rush did a good job of forcing Mac Jones off his spots and complemented the coverage well. I thought the Bills were able to dictate the Patriots' Passing game. Ed Oliver did have the one sack. It was a great rush. One-on-one-on-one battle. A.J. Klein with the big tip pass to set up Micah Hyde's first interception. Great job getting back in coverage after the play-action fake. Getting his hand up, tipping the ball. And Micah Hyde coming away with a takeaway. I thought the linebackers all day long had great eyes against the play-action. Great eyes. Tremaine Edmonds had some fast and physical tackles. How about Harrison Phillips? I mean, this guy's playing the best ball of his career right now. Star Latulade just continues to be inconsistent with his availability. And Harrison Phillips continues to gain playing time and performing well. I thought the Bills did a great job. Actually, an incredible job of defending the Patriots' tight ends. That very expensive tight end duo that they have. Johnnie Smith no catches. Hunter Henry, two for 15. Matt Milano, that's about Matt Milano. And we talked a lot, or I was asked a lot about the Bills' ability to defend tight ends this offseason. And I gave you guys a lot of data about how in 2019 and 2018, the Bills were exceptional at defending tight ends when Matt Milano was healthy. And the Bills have allowed the second fewest amount of receptions to tight ends in the NFL this year. So weird how that works. Matt Milano's healthy and the Bills are exceptional. Not just good, not great, exceptional at defending tight ends. That was a blip in the radar last year, folks. Shut down those tight ends. And they needed those tight ends today because they were, without Nelson Aguilar, And Kendrick Bourne was obviously on a pitch count for them. They needed to go to those tight ends, and the Bills didn't make them available. thought Leslie Frazier had a great game plan. He ran some three linebacker sets. They went big nickel at times with Saran Neal on the field at the same time as A.J. Klein. They gave some different looks in terms of personnel. They were willing to send the safeties, do some zone coverage drops where they would Drop defensive ends, and blitz linebackers. Thought Leslie Frazier just had a great game plan, and the players executed. Held the Patriots to 288 total yards. New England was 1 of 10 on third down. Now, granted, they were 5 of 6 on fourth down, but combined 6 of 16 on third and fourth downs defensively, you'll take that every time. And they also got two turnovers, and that's critical. I've talked a lot recently on this podcast about how the Bills' defense got away from taking away the football. Two turnovers today while not committing a turnover? That's outstanding. You're plus two in turnovers. You're going to have a good chance to win just about any football game. And then I will quickly shout out the special teams. Tyler Bass, a perfect day. Two of two on field goals. Three for three on extra points. The kickoff team was exceptional today. The Bills kicked off seven times five touchbacks, and on the two returns, both returns only got to the 17-yard line. Marquez Stevenson continues to look confident. Three punt returns, 34 yards, clean handling of the football, looks comfortable, and then a 31-yard kick return was also a big play in the game. And then Matt Hawk, what a great day he had holding on those extra points and field goals. This holiday season grabbed the protein bar That tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Bilt Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs and fat, and high in protein, you get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. And they have so many great flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Are you going to have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate? Cookies and cream or peanut butter, brownie. They have so many great flavors. And look, if you don't know where to start, you can order a mixed box. That's where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. You can try them all and figure out which ones are your favorites. And I love the convenience of Built Bars. It serves as a great quick breakfast, a great snack to bring with you on the golf course, or an awesome treat after a workout with so much protein and great nutrition facts. I got a deal for you. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Obviously, we had a ton to get to in the things I liked segment, but I do have a fair amount of things to talk about in things I didn't like, starting with the Patriots offense being three for three in the red zone. And that's something we talked a lot about this week entering the game on the podcast is that New England has not been a good red zone offense this year. They were among the bottom eight teams in the NFL in terms of red zone touchdown percentage entering the game. And all three times that they reached the red zone against Buffalo, they got a touchdown. And all three of those touchdown drives, they were long. The first one... 13 plays, 75 yards. The next one, 14 plays, 75 yards. And the next one, 10 plays, 75 yards. So three touchdown drives of 75 yards against the Bills' defense. And what makes it even more maddening is if you are reminded that on that first 13-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, the Patriots converted two fourth downs, and overcame a first-and-20 situation. On that second touchdown drive, 14 plays, 75 yards. Again, two more fourth-down conversions, and the Bills had them in a third-and-eight, a third-and-ten, and and a third-and-nine. Still got in the end zone. And then, on the 10-play, 75-yard touchdown drive, New England never even got to third down. And that was a quick score late in the game, where you needed to make them earn it. And they never even got to third down. So obviously I didn't like that. I thought the run defense had issues again in this game, mostly overrunning gaps. It's not that the Bills' defensive line is getting blown off the ball. It's that they're overrunning gaps and the defense is splitting and other teams are able to gain a fair amount of yards. 27 rushes, for New England, 149 yards, and 3 rushing touchdowns. Average 5.5 yards per carry. Thought the Bills tackled okay, but they mixed up their run looks, and a couple of those drives, they really attacked the edges of the Bills' defense and just bad angles, over-pursuit, different levels on the defense. I mean, they had some run defense issues. Didn't cost them, they won the game, and obviously the Patriots – couldn't throw it, but the run defense certainly had room to be better in this one. Shifting gears to the offense, believe it or not, I have some criticism for the offense today. How about that offensive series after the first interception? Buffalo takes possession of the ball at the New England 33, and they're humming. 13-yard pass to Moss, 3-yard run by McKinsey. 10-yard pass to Diggs. All of a sudden, it's first and goal from the seven. On first down, this play drove me crazy. A six-yard run by Zach Moss. I have no idea how he didn't score. The Red Sea was parted, and Zach Moss ran into the legs of the left guard instead of just running through the hole. I have no idea why he took so tight of a track why he felt like he had to be so close to that guard. He had plenty of space. Just spring into the damn end zone. So you have first and goal from the seven, a six-yard run by Zach Moss. No idea how you don't score. And now it's second and goal from the one, incomplete pass. Third and goal from the one, incomplete pass. Fourth and goal from the one, incomplete pass that was dropped by Emmanuel Sanders. It was a comedy of errors on that sequence. Now the good news is they went for it, and New England took possession at like the one-yard line. Buffalo forces a three and out. They got the ball back quickly and scored a touchdown. So good process there. I like how that all ended. But you want to see your offense execute a little bit better in that spot. I mean, especially when Zach Moss, he's got to get in the end zone, and then you pass it three times in a row from the one – When you were running the ball pretty well, I mean, the Bills only had one tackle for loss against them in this game. So obviously I didn't love that sequence, and I also didn't love the offense's first drive out of the half. Now, they got a field goal, but they really should have scored a touchdown. Again, the offense is humming. They're driving. It winds up being second and 10 from the New England 23. And I'm sure you guys remember this play. It was the easy Missed touchdown throw from Josh Allen to Jake Kumaro. Allen threw it a little too far out there. Kummerow had it, but he couldn't tuck it away. And it winds up being an incomplete pass that should have been a very easy touchdown. So then a few plays later, it winds up being first and 10 from the New England 17. Josh Allen calls an alert. It winds up being a great alert, an easy touchdown pass to Dawson Knox. But Daryl Williams was down the field, and the Bills get a penalty because it's an ineligible player down the field. Everybody else on the team got the alert call, but Daryl Williams, and it took away a touchdown. So after 14 plays where it was first and 10 from the New England 12, the Bills kick a field goal on fourth and 14 from the New England 16. Not great. Hey, look, I understand the Bills' offense played great. And I don't expect them to be perfect all the time. But I do like to point out these opportunities where meat was left on the bone. And we sweated out that fourth quarter, right? Wind up being like it was a five-point game. Now, 17 had other plans. And Isaiah McKenzie had other plans. And Stephon Diggs had other plans. But for as dominant as the Bills were... That game got close at the end, and I can't help but think back to some of that meat left on the bone that could have really put this game out of reach when it comes to the scoreboard. I also did not like Ike getting injured, ruptured his Achilles. That's a nine-month recovery. He's obviously out for the season, and he's a free agent. And he's been a regular starter for this Bills offensive line over the last two seasons. Not an elite player. He's an upgradable player, but... He's been a meaningful part of this Bills team. I mean, he's been the primary starter at left guard. And so you hate to see him go down, and obviously you like to see how Ryan Bates played in this football game, and hopefully you get Cody Ford and John Feliciano back, and you're fine. But obviously sucks to see Ike Bucker go down, and felt like his career was on track, right? Kind of like a forgotten guy coming out of Iowa. Bounces around between the Bills and Chiefs practice squad. Sticks around for a while, becomes a restricted free agent, gets, gets a $2 million tender, plays a lot of meaningful snaps for a really good offense over the last two seasons, ruptured Achilles tendon, out for nine months. Obviously, you don't like to see that. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated website, and sign up today and receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive that bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the twenty twenty one season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. Let's close out the podcast today by. Going through some really interesting statistics that came out of this game. Looking back at my predictions and doing a quick roundup on the AFC East. What's next for the Bills and what's next for this podcast. So let's work through these nuggets. Some really cool stuff um, happened. And whether it's for a single season or for the team. Really cool stuff. I want to share this with you. Josh Allen now has 131 total touchdowns in his career. That's the second most in NFL history in a player's first four seasons behind Dan Marino, who had 144 touchdowns. Josh Allen became only the ninth player in NFL history to reach 100 career passing touchdowns in his first four seasons. That's it. Nine players in the history of the NFL. Josh Allen is one of them to top 100 career passing touchdowns in his first four seasons. Josh Allen surpassed 4,000 yards passing on the season and became the only player in Buffalo Bills team history to tally multiple seasons with over 4,000 passing yards. That's pretty cool. Here's here's another fun one. Players to have 34 or more passing touchdowns and 4,000 or more passing yards in back-to-back seasons in NFL history. Tom Brady... Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen. That's it. That's the whole list of players in the history of the NFL to have 34 passing touchdowns and over 4,000 passing yards in consecutive seasons. Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. I got a feeling this 17 guy's going to work out, folks. Glad he's on our team. Glad the Bills got him locked up with that quarter-of-a-billion-dollar contract worth every penny. Stephon Diggs and Dawson Knox joined Eric Moulds and Peerless Price in 2002. Remember that year, the Drew Bledsoe year? As the only team the Bills have had multiple players catch nine or more touchdowns in a single season. That's kind of fun. The Bills are the first team to win in New England in consecutive seasons by 10 or more points since the Denver Broncos did so in 95 and 96. The Bills also the first team to win in New England in consecutive seasons since the 2005-2006 Indianapolis Colts. For only the fifth time in franchise history, the Bills did not punt in a football game, and it's the first time ever a team didn't punt against Bill Belichick in a game that he was the head coach. However, bazillion games he's coached never happened until Sunday. And the last one, the last nugget I have for you is that the Bills have now scored 427 points this season, and it's only the second time in franchise history that the Bills topped 400 points in consecutive seasons. The only other time it happened was 1990 and 1991. Got a good football team up in Western New York, real good football team. As for the AFC East, the Bills back on top, that 9-6, and six, and they hold the number four seed in the AFC playoffs. The New England Patriots, they're 9-6, and six, second in the AFC East, number six in the AFC playoffs. Miami is 7-7. Seven and seven. They play against the Saints on Monday Night Football, so we don't know the results of their game, obviously, as the recording of this podcast. And the Jets they won, they beat the Jaguars 26 to 21 and improve to 4 and 11. Let's look back at my predictions that I made for this game. My first one was that Devin Singletary would have 100 yards from scrimmage. 78. I missed that one. Fairly close, but only 78 yards from Devin Singletary. Number 2 was that Mac Jones would have 180 passing yards or less, and I got that one right. He only had 145 passing yards. And so, in two games against the Bills in the year 2021, Mac Jones combined to throw for 164 yards. Number three. This was a bold one, and I whiffed. I said the Bills would average more yards per carry on the ground than New England. No, New England had five and a half yards per carry, the Bills, 4.1. It's a little closer, but the Bills had a few kneel downs there at the end of the game. But obviously, they. Didn't have more yards per carry than New England, like I predicted. Number five, I said whoever wins the turnover battle wins the game. That happened. The Bills had two takeaways and no turnovers, and so they were plus two in the turnover department. And like I said earlier, that's really important. The Bills had not been doing very well in turnover differential. The offense had committed a turnover in seven consecutive games and 14 total turnovers across those seven games entering Sunday. And the Bills were minus six in the turnover department over the last five games. And so not not a great stretch, but a good game on Sunday in terms of taking care of the football. And I don't even think there was a turnover-worthy play for the Bills' offense on Sunday except for that last drive, the throw to Stephon Diggs. And it was really just a situation where Josh and Steph weren't on the same page in terms of man versus zone. Josh Allen thought he would break out. Stephon Diggs broke in, and it wound up being an incomplete pass that J.C. Jackson should have probably picked off. But it was a miscommunication between the Bills more than it was just a bad throw or a bad decision. So great job taking care of the football. I predicted the Bills would win. They did that. And so... I think I did okay on my predictions this week, but obviously the important one is I had the result of the game correct. Next up for the Bills, a home game against the Atlanta Falcons and then a home game against the New York Jets to close out the regular season. If they win both of those games, the Buffalo Bills will be AFC East champs for a second consecutive season, and they open up as like a 14-point favorite against Atlanta. And so... A big one next week. They're all big the rest of the way. We're at that point in the season, and we'll get you ready for the Falcons this week here on the podcast. But tomorrow, Herd Mentality, the weekly episode where you take control of the discussion, and surely there's going to be a ton of great stuff for me to get into tomorrow, and then our primer on Wednesday, crossover preview Thursday, our typical Friday routine, and perhaps we'll have tailgate talk this week. So a lot to look forward to here on the podcast. Don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Enjoy the rest of this Victory Monday. And my goodness, between Christmas and a Bills win, it was an awesome weekend. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.